Hey, it's KJ with Living Christian, and welcome to the Bible Reading and Coffee Drinking Podcast. If this is your first time here, what we do on this podcast is read a chapter of the Bible, drink a little bit of coffee, and talk a whole lot about Jesus along the way. Each episode dives into Scripture and discusses it in a somewhat modern and relatable way. I'll also be answering some questions from my social media followers. They'll submit a question if you'd like me to answer it. Oh, and we'll drink coffee along the way as well. Although our main focus is reading the Bible and drinking some coffee, we will also occasionally be doing some interviews, some random other messages along the way, so be sure to check back often. If you feel the urge to support the podcast, you can do so right here on the podcast page. If this podcast helps you grow in your faith, maybe consider sending it to a friend or uh, maybe dropping a rating or review. It certainly helps us get the word out. And also, make sure you check out livingchristian.org for Bible verse lists, Christian blog, an apparel store with a bunch of Christian t-shirts, hoodies, hats, and more. It's awesome. All at livingchristian.org. And if you're there, make sure you use the code PODCAST20. That's a special code for 20% off our entire store, only for our podcast listeners. So PODCAST20. Use that when you're on livingchristian.org. Now, let's get to the episode. So let's get started uh, on the episode today, Bible reading, coffee drinking. Thanks for joining me this morning. Uh, We're going to dive into Galatians 3. Today, this is our third day of our six-part series in Galatians. So we'll go to Galatians 1 all the way through 6. If you missed any uh, one of these, you can check it out on the podcast. Uh, Go to Apple, go to Spotify, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, and just search up Bible reading, coffee drinking. Or you can just go to uh, livingchristian.org. That's the website that I manage. Uh, I have all the podcasts listed there. I have uh, my store. I've got everything there. So check it out at livingchristian.org. All right, so let's get started on Galatians 3. So for those uh, just catching up, this is Paul writing this to the Church of Galatia. Uh, So he's kind of writing these letters. That's where you get Philippians and Ephesians and all these other uh, books of the Bible in the New Testament. Paul has written these letters to these churches that they've had established along the way. We uh, they're talking about the Church of Galatia. They've fallen back to the kind of the Mosaic laws, the old laws of the Old Testament of the Scriptures, as they call them, and have yet to kind of embrace Christ as their Savior or their salvation. So uh, that's what we're dealing with here in Galatians three. So let's dive into Galatians three, uh, the law and faith in Christ. Uh, so this is Paul going, "Oh, foolish Galatians." Who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear uh, to you as if it's seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be after starting your new lives in the Spirit? Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing Sure, it was not in vain, was it? So this is what we were talking about, was the fact that they're falling back into trying to um, earn their way into heaven by obeying by the the Old Testament Scripture laws, right? Uh, So I think these people, predominantly, not all of them in Galatia, some of them were Gentiles initially, but some of them were Jews. So they were falling into that old pattern of behavior. And what Paul is telling them is like, hey, I love this one line. Why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? That sums up everything, doesn't it? The fact that God is greater than us. Jesus came down to save us from ourselves and save us from our sin. Okay? So with that, why are you thinking that you can be more powerful than Jesus? It's crazy. So verse 5. I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. So just keeps beating it into their minds of like, remember, remember why, what you've learned, remember why you are saved. All right. In the same way, verse six, in the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. 
The real children of Abraham, then, are those who put their faith in God. This is an important part where he's talking about the children of Abraham. We're going to get more of that in a minute. What he's talking about is, in a minute, he's talking about the children of Abraham. At the time, they were believing that was only the Jewish people. And what Paul is saying is, we're all children of Abraham, in a way, because we're all followers of Christ. All right, so verse 8. What's more, the Scriptures look forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, All nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. If you go back, if you don't know the story of Abraham, uh, Abraham was a faithful servant of God. He finally was blessed with a child, with Sarah. Uh, he was asked to sacrifice that child, and then he didn't do that. Uh, and God saved him through that and sacrificed a lamb instead, just like proclaiming and prophesying what's going to happen to save us later on with the Lamb of God, with Jesus Christ. And then because of that, he was blessed and be the father of all nations, not just the Jewish nation, not just Israel, not just the surrounding areas, not Judea at the time, but all nations, okay, which is fantastic. Now, so we're all children of Abraham in that sense, okay? All right, so, okay, where are we? Verse 10, but those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse, for the scriptures say, cursed is everyone who does not obey or not observe and obey all the commands that are written in God's book of the law. So it's clear that no one can be right, be made right with God by trying to keep the law, for scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. So he's really re-emphasizing constantly, constantly that, hey, we're a new creation in Christ. Jesus, remember that Jesus came down and through him we are saved. Not the old way, this is the new way. Not the old covenant, the new covenant. Not the Old Testament, the New Testament. So he just continues to re repetitively you know, say these to the Church of Galatia to make sure they really understand what, what he taught them back in the day. All right, now verse 13. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took him, uh, upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. Jesus took our burdens. For as written in the Scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on the tree. Through, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles, that's us, with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we, who, that we who are believers must receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. All right, so Jesus, he, he were repeating, we all died through the cross, we're all hung on a tree. It's our sins that are hung up on that cross with Jesus Christ, okay? Thank you for the badge, by the way, Terry. Uh, verse 15, um, the law and pro God's promise. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example of from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or amend an irreparable agreement, so it is in this case. God gave the promises to Abraham and his child. And notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children, as if many descendants, rather it says to his child. Of course, that means Christ. The Old, Old Testament referring to Jesus so many times. Verse 17, this is what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law of Moses. God would be breaking his promise, for it is inheritance could be received by keeping the law. Then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise, but God graciously gave it to Abraham. And as a promise, he's truly trying to get them to understand and relate, because everybody at that time 
especially Jewish people, but Gentiles that were trying to learn too, were really um, well versed in the scriptures and well versed on who Abraham was. Okay, so this is a way for them to understand that that Jesus fulfilled the Mosaic laws. So you got to go back to the, the the day of Abraham to understand what it all meant and how we are saved, because the the story of Abraham mirrored what we are going through with accepting Christ. That's what he's really trying to make that connection there between Abraham and Jesus, and that connection on on, on what God's promise was to Abraham is the same promise that He's made to us. Okay, uh, God's children. Through faith, verse 23, before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in productive and protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us, and so we were made right with God through faith. Now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law of the guardian. So he's explained to them what happens before Jesus, right? The laws were important. Okay, these scriptures were important because they protected, right, God's people, the believers, before they had another way to get to heaven through Christ, right? So the Jewish people of the time, the people that believed in God and followed the laws and followed the scriptures, they were protected against God's wrath or against hell or against whatever way you want to put that until Jesus came. And once Jesus came, we had a new way, and through faith alone we are saved, not because we obeyed by some sort of mosaic, even Levitical laws, and I'm refreshing the Levitical laws, and those are a lot of the ones that are time, the cultural ones, don't cut your hair, don't wear mixed fabrics, whatever that may be. So they were all living that way to try to be made right by God. And what Paul continues to emphasize is that was fine for those people, but now we have a new way. Verse 26, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. That's an interesting point when he talks about for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. We hear people talking all the time about we're all children of God, right? Maybe somebody that's an atheist or um, agnostic or not a follower of Christ. Are they still a ch- child of God, right? Technically, they can be, right? But Paul's specific when he says, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You've got to believe and have faith. Now, what does that word faith mean? It's not just believing in Jesus, okay? Because, quite frankly, the, the devil believes in Jesus. <laughs> so what faith really means is you believe that Christ is your Savior, you believe that Jesus is God, and you change your life and you're born again. And so you not only have to just believe that Jesus existed and believe that he is the Messiah, so to speak, you've got to live that way. You don't earn it through works, but you you do works because of your faith. So faith is much more than just believing. It's following, okay? It's following Christ. It's living a life uh, that Christ wants you to live, okay? It's changing your life. It's being born again and having the Holy Spirit in you. You do that once you give your life to Christ. So that's what he's talking about. You don't become a child of God until you fully give your life to Christ, okay? That's what Galatians 4.26 says. 
And then he goes on in 27 talking about how you, what you need to do. We're united with Christ in baptism. You put on Christ like a putting on new clothes, right? It's that new look. It's that new style, that new kind of way of life. That's what he's talking about. All right, so let's go into the last part here, verse 28. There are no longer Jew—and this is kind of—I'm sorry to interrupt, but the, most of the, uh, the general consensus says verse 28 and 29 are really talking about the end times, like once you die and go to heaven. That's a, kind of the general consensus because it's very—you'll um, see. All right, so for there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one— in Christ Jesus. He's talking about the body of Christ, which is the church, which is not the physical building, but the, the, the believers in Jesus Christ. And now that you belong to Christ, you are his true, true children of Abraham, for his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So he's talking about one day, right now, we're kind of there, right? We're, we're a child of, uh, we're a, a body of Christ. We're the, the Jesus church. We're the bride of Christ. But whether it's here on earth or whether it's in heaven, one day we will be all the same. No slave or free, no male or female, no Jew or Gentile. We are all equal as children of God. Whether that's here, and if it doesn't happen here, because of society, it's happening in heaven. As long as you believe, we are all equal in the eyes of God. So that's Galatians 3. Hope you guys like that. We're going to continue on Monday with 4, 5, and 6. And so if you've, I, I saw a question, if you've missed this, uh, any part of that, any part of this, uh, check out the Bible reading and coffee drinking podcast. Uh, and you can look that up on Spotify or uh, everywhere, Amazon, Apple, <clears throat> all the places. Go to livingchristian.org to find that as well. So let me answer a few questions uh, for this Friday morning and uh, we'll go on down the road. <clears throat> so if you have a question, please put it down here in the little question mark and I will answer as best I can. I'll try to hit all of them. I usually don't. I usually hit two or three, and uh, there's a lot down there, so I probably don't get to them. So, okay, let's uh, see what questions we have, <clears throat> and please chime in. I often ask God what to do, but I can't hear him. Well, here is the answer that I have for that. How to hear God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, how to hear God's voice. You know, I think too often that we... Um, we, we, we try to physically hear God's voice. Like we close our eyes and we, we listen for God to speak to us verbally in English or whatever language that we speak. And I think God speaks in many ways. Sometimes that does happen. Sometimes we can't be still enough to hear that happen. Uh, sometimes I think we spend more time talking than listening, right, inside of our prayer. But that aside... I fully think that God talks to us in so many other ways in our lives. Now, whether that's through something you see online or something, maybe a friend texts you or a phone call from an old acquaintance or a baby crying or, or nature out there, I think God talks to us in many ways. I know God talks to me several times a week, I mean, physically, in a way through the Bible, right? So there are many times that I'm kind of dealing with a situation in my life, or maybe I've pray, prayed something and asked God for guidance on something, and then I open up the Bible or open up my Bible app on my phone, and there's the verse of the day, and it's speaking exactly what I was praying about. Or I'm sitting in church on Sunday listening uh, to a, a pastor speak, and, and it hits me in my soul. Um, and I think God speaks in many different ways, and He speaks that through not only His Word, not only through the Bible, um, but through other people, through music, 
through social posts, whatever that may be. So I fully think that you've got to be paying attention and listening, not just with your ears, but with your eyes. God is talking to you, just not necessarily the way that you are normally used to hearing vo- voices talk to you. Okay, so that's 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 my advice to you. Just like, just got to keep your eyes open, pay attention. It's a, he's out there. I promise you. When do you do lives? I do lives on Instagram on Mondays and Fridays at 8 a.m. Central. Just All right. Um, let's see. What are the questions? Why are important things I need to know about the Holy Spirit if I want to get to know him better? Well, the Holy Spirit, once you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, he is inside of you. The Holy Spirit is inside of you, as, we, uh, as Jesus told his disciples. So what, um, you know, in my mind... Right, I can hear the Holy Spirit talking to me uh, in lots of ways. Uh, my inside voice, uh, my conscience. Uh, there are many times that I'm, I'm ready to make a decision in life, and I just feel something pulling me back from that des- decision, or maybe I don't want to make a decision. I feel something pushing me towards this decision. I just feel like I don't have any other choice other than to do this one thing. That's the Holy Spirit. So as long as your heart is open and your mind's open to it, it's just like hearing God talk in the, in the previous question. You're going to... Uh, feel the Holy Spirit push you and, and guide you. But you've got to be open to it, to be honest with you. Uh, you've got to be—you have to believe that that's the case, right? If, you, if you're just waiting for proof, like, I want the Holy Spirit to prove to me that He can, you know, guide me, then you're, you're not fully committed to your faith at that moment, if that makes sense. Uh, so you've got to fully believe in Christ. You've got to fully follow Christ. And I promise you, if you do those things— uh, you will feel the Holy Spirit uh, move you through your life. Uh, you may think it's something else right now. You may think it's your conscience or you're, you know, you're, you're talking to yourself or what have you. But I, I promise you, uh, it's the Holy Spirit, and you'll you'll know more. You'll be closer uh, to the Holy Spirit the closer you are uh, to your faith. That is for that is for sure. Uh, okay, my daughter was raised Christian. Now she says she's gay. What do I do? That is a great question. <clears throat> you know, we always get the, I always get that question, a version of that question, right? And I think uh, our society um, tries to pull us into not um, knowing what to do in these situations, I'll say. So your daughter was raised a Christian. Now she says she's gay. What do you do? I think first and foremost, uh, I'm not one <clears throat> to condemn somebody for their sin. Uh, I want to help them with whatever that sin is that they're battling. So I think <clears throat> my answer, to be honest with you, is you got to bring them into Christ. The closer she knows Jesus, whatever she's doing, that sin, other sins, uh, that's kind of going to be resolved and worked with through Christ. But for, first and more important thing is, I think you can't you can't change somebody with unless Jesus wants to change them. So what your job is as a parent is to love her unconditionally regardless. Okay, you got to love her, all right? Because she is your daughter. And as we talked about earlier, if she's a follower of Christ, she's God's daughter too, okay? So love her through whatever issues she's going through. But you got to make sure you bring her back to Jesus. Lead her to that. All right, we talked about in the last episode on, on Monday as a parent, you know, what, what happens if my kids don't want to go to church? Do you force them to do that? I, 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 and my response was, force is the wrong word. Lead them into something else is the right word. So you want to lead by example. You want to help her foster her relationship with Christ. That's the most important thing, okay? Not to, not to 
like dismiss her saying that she's gay. I think regardless of where your children are at the time, the most most important thing as a parent is to do is to foster that relationship they have with Jesus Christ, first and foremost, period, okay? Everything else is going to work out, (laughs) I promise you. So don't get bogged down too much on where she's at with her life. I don't know how old she is. She could be confused. I, I don't know. But what she shouldn't be confused about is her relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what you have to foster. So I, I've dealt with, I've got two kids myself. I've dealt with a lot of teenagers. Uh, I taught, um, you know, middle school boys, uh, um, a youth group for, for many years. Uh, I was used to all these situations that were coming about and alcohol and fighting and eighth grade and, and all this stuff is just, is just chaos and what these kids are dealing with nowadays. And the most important thing I could, you know, as they were asking me questions of what to do, my answer was always, have you talked to God about it? How is your relationship with Jesus? How close do you feel to Christ right now? Because I promise you, the closer you feel to Christ and the closer your daughter or your or whoever else is listening, kids feel to Christ, the less the culture is going to impact them and the less they're going to care as much about some of the other stuff. Work on her heart first. Jesus will work on the rest of the stuff. I promise you. Jesus will work on it. You can't stop her from being gay if that's what your goal is. All you can do is make sure that she has the proper relationship with Christ and the opportunity for her to know Jesus. Okay? Work on that. Focus on that. That is my advice. That's what I try to do with my kids, regardless of what issue they're uh, dealing with. You've got to focus on the relationship. So, hopefully that helps. I'll be praying for you. Um, let's see. One more question, then we'll get out of here. Um, do, do, do. All right. I hear God's word daily, but things are not going according to, but it's going the other way. You know what? Jesus talked about the fact that this world hates him, and therefore they're going. it's going to hate us. I promise you, the closer you get to God, the more you read this Bible and understand Jesus and understand your relationship with Christ, sometimes the harder things become to be honest with you. The devil hates it. He doesn't want you to listen to this to this live or podcast. He doesn't want you to read the Bible. He doesn't want you to pray. He doesn't want you to listen to Christian music. He doesn't want you to read blogs. He doesn't want you to do those things. So the, the more you get close to that, the angry, the more angry you know Satan becomes, the more he may attack you. So yeah, that's the case. Sometimes the more I'm into my Bible, I may feel closer to Jesus, but my life turns even more of a mess. And you got more things going on, right? I know even on this Instagram, I have my Living Christian. It's a totally 100% Christian page. And every time I'm scrolling through my Christian accounts that I follow, Instagram suggests inappropriate content. The more I'm on this app, the more they do that. Why is that the case? Because the devil doesn't want me to read Bible verses and, and have fellowship my fe- fellow Christian accounts on here. He wants to distract me. He wants to scare me. He wants to, he wants to make sure that I'm not doing those things. If he can't defeat you, he'll distract you. So that's the case. You got you to pray your way through it. You got to fight your way through it. You got to read your Bible more. Just double down on it. Just make him angry, and that's okay. I don't care. I'm not scared of him. All right, let's wrap up in prayer today, and we'll go about our weekend. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for bringing us together on this uh, episode today of Bible Reading Conferencing. We're so we're so thankful that we get to read Galatians three, learn 
about how we need to continue to focus on Christ and how if we put our relationship with Jesus first, everything else will work out. I'm praying for everybody on this broadcast today, everybody watching this live on Instagram, everybody listening to it on the podcast or watching on YouTube, however they get to hear or read Galatians 3 today, I'm praying for them to understand your words, understand the Bible, understand what Paul is telling us so we can apply it to our life, Lord. I'm praying for them and everybody to hear that message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, thank you for joining me today. Uh, join me again on Monday for another episode. We'll, we'll tackle Galatians 4 and keep this train rolling. So until next time, love you guys. Keep Jesus in your heart and forever in your mind.